Now, I've given more time today to the story behind the song because the story is a brilliant story and it's a long, meandering, winding story and uh, it needs a little bit of telling. And uh, D-Ready, broadcaster D-Ready has joined me to tell me the story uh, of this great song. Hi, D, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Mary. How are you? Brilliant. Okay, so tell us the song and tell us the band, first of all. So, the song we are covering today is Wind of Change by Scorpions, which was released in 1991. Okay, so start at the beginning. Why was this song important around the time? And then we'll get to why it was very interesting in the way it was put together and who wrote it or allegedly wrote it, etc. Yeah, so this song, um, according to the official story anyway, this song was uh, written by Klaus Meine, um from Scorpions after the band had played at the Moscow Music Peace Festival, which was this kind of mad uh, occasion which saw Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, Scorpions and a heap of other people uh, play a massive big concert in Moscow. And apparently at the time, Klaus was so inspired by what he saw as... Um, improving relationships between um, Russia and uh, America um, and uh, of the Western, kind of Western world, uh, getting a foothold in uh, in in Russia. Um, so he was inspired to write the song um, and the lyrics that you hear. And they also recorded it in Russian as well. And it was an absolutely huge success for them, mm. it was it was it was number one almost across the world, certainly across Europe, anyway. Um, and it kind of became sort of the anthem for that period of time, and for the Berlin Wall coming down. Yes. Um, and it, you know, like they 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 even at one point, many many years later, gave uh, Gorbachev um, a gold record and um, $70,000 of the proceeds from the song because it was so, so incredibly linked to what was happening politically at the time. Yeah. So, so, the in- so, the, so, so it precipitated very um, directly the collapse of the Berlin Wall and also slightly later the collapse of the Soviet Union. And so it was very much a track of its times. But as a track itself and as a song itself, it has an absolutely mysterious uh, story behind it. Yeah, that's right. So there's a podcast that's come out recently, uh, which is super. I've listened to the whole thing. It's called Wind of Change. And it deep dives into the story of this song and really crucially deep dives into the sort of conspiracy theory that's been put about that actually Klaus Meiner wasn't responsible for the lyrics that you hear or the song, that the song was actually written by the CIA um, and would have been part of this sort of soft power um, kind of propaganda style um, thing that they have been known to do. Um, and I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating story that takes so many twists and turns. Um, and you kind of, you do actually feel a bit sorry for Klaus Meine in it, I think, um, because this song has very much defined him individually, even outside of the band, because he, it was actually the first song that he wrote the entire thing, uh, allegedly, um, by himself. Normally he would have contributed lyrics, but he wasn't the band's songwriter. Um, and this was kind of, according to their their version of the story, this was the first one that came to him fully formed. So 
the suggestion that actually it didn't it came to, it came to him really fully formed by that by you know by means of the CIA giving it to him is that uh, it's a really intriguing thing to think about and it's it's very kind of you know uh, interesting to read how important the kind of the the uh, that culture was considered by the likes of the CIA that that was you know that was something in terms of diplomacy that uh, was far more important than, you know, the kind of harder um, military style um, powers. Yeah. Dee, we're going to play a clip from the podcast and this is from episode one. Since I first heard the story nine years ago, it became a fixation. For Michael too. It's like every time we get together, we'll meet for lunch or have a drink after work. And this is the thing that we always end up talking about. I'll get some new idea on how to approach it, or he'll come across the name of some potential source, and we'll start furiously texting while we're making breakfast for our kids on a Saturday morning. We've made Freedom of Information Act requests and done archival research and sought out aging rockers and retired diplomats and former spies. But it's not easy. This is a story of a highly classified covert operation. If it's true, there may be only a small handful of people who know about it. And even assuming I can figure out who they are and then get to them to pose the question, there's a decent chance they'll just lie to me and deny it. Wind of Change has been this project that's simmered along in the background of other more pressing things for years. But the story was so intriguing, and the world it opened up, this strange convergence of U.S. intelligence and pop music during the Cold War, was so compelling, I could never give it up. Last year, I decided it was time to move this project to the front burner and find out if the story is actually true. So it's these podcasters, and they... Uh, fly all the way from New York to Hanover mm. to interview Klaus Meine, who was the lead singer of the Scorpions. And uh, so, <laughs> what other intrigue can you tell us, Dee? There, do you know what? There is so much to this. Like, it's an eight-episode series. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But, you know, there's there's more to it than just Klaus Meine. Like, because, you know, you do you do have to ask the question, why why would the Scorpions um, do this? They were a German rock band. Why would they be helping the CIA? Um, and, and they kind of, they, they, they go down some really, really interesting avenues on trying to answer that question. Um, and it kind of centers around this, this dude called uh, Doc McGee, who was the manager of the Scorpions, but also of Motley Crue and um, Ozzy Osbourne and John Bon Jovi and uh, like all those people actually that played at that Moscow Music Festival. And they look into his path, he, past, he, he actually had gotten himself uh, involved in some really shady stuff and uh, was involved in what was at the time one of the biggest drug busts in the United States of America. And he's the only person that didn't do any time for that, even though he was indicted. So it's it's kind. So that kind of opens up a, a wide range of things because on he, he's he's in trouble with uh, the government. Um, he doesn't do any jail time, and then a year or two later, he's the person. He's the brains behind the Moscow Music Peace Festival, mm. um, which inspires allegedly the song mm. um so it's it's kind of like i i have to say i find the the parts where they're looking at doc mcgee really really interesting because that sort of sets 
kind of paves the way, really. Um, if you want to believe that conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, we're talking Sorry. about conspiracy theories later on. So you're saying, in a sense, this guy, Doc McGee, who was, I think, their manager, wasn't he? That he yes, may have been, right. he may have been, by implicitly, a CIA, CIA operative. Yes, basically. Um, and that, you know, they, 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 they chat to people from um, the CIA, people who, who, have, who have left the service since. Um, and it's, it's just so interesting hearing from them about the world that they inhabited and the work that they did. There was one lady who like she, you know, she did movie makeup and she ended up working for the CIA doing disguises like it, 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 it the the it's a the podcast is about the song, but it really does open up so many different <laughs> worlds uh, when you're listening to it, and I, that's why I think it's a great story behind a song. Yeah, I mean, it, there is there is plausi- potential plausibility behind mm. this conspiracy theory because if you are America and if you are the CIA, what better way to infiltrate the young people of um, behind the Iron Curtain, Soviet Union, or Hungary, or Poland? Then to get into pop music or into rock and roll music. Yeah, and music was very, very strictly managed in uh, the USSR then. There was one state-run record label. And if you wanted to release anything on vinyl, you had to go through that channel. Um, and then, of course, your your music, your output was subject to... Um, um, you know, the lyrics being changed or uh, being made sound less rocky or less American. Um, so there was kind of an underground scene where people would um, share tapes. So they couldn't be on vinyl, but they would they, they would be able to record their music on tapes. And there was an underground scene where these would get passed around. So there is the suggestion, Mario, that perhaps there's an element of Chinese whispers going on here that actually Wind of Change was, you know, a, an album that got passed around via tapes and wasn't you know officially released and like maybe that you know it became something bigger in the telling of it um but the original source for the rumor and um, that when the guys are doing the podcast is actually someone who had worked at the cia so it is pretty intriguing yeah it is and the song itself i mean when you hear the song you recognize it um instantly um, and it features um, it features a famous whistle part, doesn't it? Yeah, um, so that's Klaus himself. Mm. Um, they uh, so Klaus, as as we said earlier, he wasn't the songwriter of the band. Um, and when he when he the, as the story goes, when he was putting the song together, he whistled that melody that you hear because he. He, he wanted to get it across to the to, to the rest of the band, what it should sound like. But it was never meant to be part of it. But they kept it and they recorded it. And it, it's pretty iconic, I think. Mm. What's the thing about the balalaika? So the balalaika is an interesting thing. They reference a balalaika in um, the lyrics. And apparently, Klaus Meiner was given a balalaika by a fan when he was in uh, Russia for that concert that we've been talking about. Um, and it's it sort of, it, it, it inspired that kind of sound and the it was just a nice thing that someone did for him. And th- allegedly that's part of the reason why he wrote the song. Right. So do you, h- how long is the podcast? How many episodes is it? Because I listened to the, f- the one episode, as I told you last night. Yeah, it's eight episodes long, uh, Mario, and all, they're almost an hour a piece, but it's definitely worth it. I really, really enjoyed it the whole way through. As I said, it goes into a lot more stuff than just the song. Okay. Um, 
there was a few texts in about it. Mario, wind of change was huge in Poland in that time. It was absolutely giving us hope for normal life and it was a sign that the world does think and care about us behind the Iron Curtain. That's from Ella. And then um, Martin in the bus goes, what was that? Nancy Reagan wrote Winds of Change? Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, they're all getting confused now. They're all tying up the conspiracy theories um, <laughs> with one another. Okay, so it's Klaus Meine and um, I think we've probably exhausted now the, the topic at this stage. <laughs> so Klaus Meine was the lead singer of, of the Scorpions and uh, he may or may not have written this song and it may have been written by the CIA. But anyway, it is an absolutely fantastic song. It's a song for the era. It's an epochal song. Um, pre the fall of the Berlin Wall and pre uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union. And thanks a million, Dee, for telling us that. And introduce this great song for us, please. Yeah, here is Scorpions, Wind of Change. <laughs> 